Hello, everyone. Welcome to Simply Reflecting. I'm your host, Dutch, and I am so excited that you're here. If you come back, welcome back. If it's your first time, I'm just as excited that you're here listening. Really, I'm so excited. I'm like your mother when you come back to visit. Oh my goodness, you came back. I'm so happy you're here. You're not eating enough. Can I feed you? Like, whatever it is, I am so excited that you're here listening to Simply Reflecting. On this podcast, it's my goal that it feels like a debrief with your friend, with your best friend, and catch up a conversation. Just, you know, last week I said a comfortable space, a warm space, not too warm. We don't want you schwitzing. But, you know, a a space where you feel comfortable and it's like catching up with a friend. So with all that being said, I am so excited to get into this week's reflection. This week, we are reflecting on something that I've been thinking so much about lately, and it has literally been on my mind. I've been thinking, thinking, it is not whether you should shower in the morning or at night, although that is a conversation that I'm constantly having in my head, and I think you can learn a lot about a person based on what time of day they shower. Like, whenever I meet somebody new, I always want to say to them, like, what time of day do you shower? But that's a little <laughs> it's a little strange, like, not quite the same level as what's your favorite color. So anyway, I shower at night. You can learn so much about a person based on that information. And while that is something that I'm always thinking about, it's not what I want to talk about today. What I want to talk about today, and it's kind of an out there topic. I'm a little like, oi, how am I going to explain this and get into it, but I want to proclaim, I want to state, I want to acknowledge that I think it is 100,000% okay to need to be seen. I want to talk about how important I think it is to feel seen. And what I mean by that is not just like external validation, right? Like I'm not just talking about like how important it is to always have somebody in your life telling you you're doing a good job or telling you that you're they're proud of you or or something like that. And while, you know, I definitely think it's important to have people in your life who support you and offer you praise and compliments and things like that, I don't think being seen is just praise and compliments, right? Because I think being seen could look like you come up with an idea, you go tell your best friend about it, and your best friend is like, that idea is whack. Like, that is not in line with anything about who you are or what, like, They're not praising you or complimenting you. They're telling you like how it is, the realness of it. But you could totally feel seen in that moment because it's like, oh my goodness, my friend totally sees me for who I am. They get me. They see me, right? And also, I don't think it just has to happen with other people. I think it can happen in the world around you, right? Like feeling seen or being seen can also happen when you're watching a TikTok and somebody tells a story and you totally relate or you see yourself in a movie or you see representation in the media. Like it can be in so many different ways, or or it can exist in so many different ways, feeling and being seen. And I just feel like lately, it's been a little vilified, a little villainized, a little made out to be like a bad character, right? Or a bad character trait, if you will, right? The need to feel seen or be seen. And I don't think it is. Now, I do also think it's important to have the worth come from within, right? You know, that whole spiel and the whole I find value from within and I don't need other people to validate my existence or ideas. And that's honestly vital to survival for so many people in this country, right? I mean, when you live in a place where people are constantly trying to inflict violence on you just for your existence, and there are so many people in this country who that is the reality for them in their lives, right? It is vital that you're able to validate yourself from within and not rely on the validation of the people in your environment or your environment in general. And I think anybody who says it's not important to feel seen or be seen or see yourself out in the world is lying. They're lying 100%. So I want to get into that in this podcast, and I want to offer up a space, if you will, to just 
say that there is somebody out there, that somebody being me, who <laughs> believes that it is okay to need to feel seen. And you're not any less of a person because you want to be acknowledged or you want to feel seen by other people or the world around you, right? So I want to get into that, what I feel like it means to be seen. And I also want to talk about how important I think it is to see other people. Oh my goodness, I think it's just as important to see other people as it is to feel seen. So with all that being said, let's get into it. All right, so first of all, what does it mean to feel and be seen? What is, like, that is be seen? What do you mean by that? Like, Dutch, there have been so many times in my life where I have not wanted to be seen, okay? I agree with you. I can give you countless number of times that I have wanted to be anything other than seen, and I was seen. <laughs> but what I'm talking about when I say be seen or feel seen, I mean those moments in your life where you see reflected back to you evidence that somebody recognizes who you are or something in the world recognizes an essential element or identity aspect of who you are, right? So like I said a little bit earlier, it doesn't just have to be with another person. You could see yourself in the world around you. You could see yourself in a stranger who has no idea they're having an impact on your life and just an action that they're doing, right? There are so many different ways to feel seen. And the reason why I think it's so important to feel seen, right, as I make this little argument, is because I think it's the basis for connection, right? Like how many papers have you seen, like articles, whatever, things, like, Human connection is so important. It's vital to your existence. Da, 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 da. And it's so true. It is. And I think one of the biggest aspects of connection is feeling seen, right? And so this whole conversation around like you shouldn't need external validation or you shouldn't need to feel seen or you shouldn't need the words or acknowledgement of other people, I feel like that totally erases this very important part of connection, which is being seen and feeling seen. And like being acknowledged, that's part of making a connection with somebody, right? And that's okay. And I, I struggle lately with how much, uh, I don't want to say villainize, demonize, shame, that's the right word, not villain, <laughs> shame, like shame. There's been so much shame though around like it's a shameful thing to need the acknowledgement of another person, which it's not. Again, I think it's a totally normal part of human existence and connection and feeling and being seen and all of those things. I mean, think back literally day zero as a child, right? You cry so you can feel seen, so you can get your needs met. And then when you're a slightly older child and you start building relationships with other friends, you sort of gravitate towards the friendships where you feel seen, where you feel heard versus friendships where you don't have that connection and you don't feel seen, right? Like I think about my oldest friend, Danny. We grew up together. We were, oh my goodness, we were girls together, okay? If you know that quote, you know. We grew up together. We were girls together, okay? Side note, that quote embedded in my soul. If you follow me on TikTok, you might have seen, or if you're just on TikTok, th these quote slideshows, it's like, this is a total sidetrack, but it's these slideshows of these gut-wrenching, heartbreaking quotes. And there's this one quote, and it's adapted from something that Toni Morrison said, and it's, we were girls together, can, I know I keep saying it. It's only four words, but come on. It is embedded in my soul. We were girls together. So anyway, as I was getting ready to say that Danny and I grew up together, I thought of we were girls together because we were. We were girls together. Okay. I think about that quote 10 times a day. I'm not even lying. Um, so anyway, we were girls together and we grew up. And one of the games we played when we were little was going to the beach. And we would basically pretend at the playground that we went to, which was a far cry from a beach. Okay. It was this like rotting wooden bee-infested splinter fest because it was an all-wood playground with, like, one sprinkler system. Anyway, we used to play going to the beach, and I am 
bioluminescent, right? Like, I am so pale. I'm see-through, translucent, the whole thing. Danny is the complete opposite. And so while I always had to be in the shade, right, and apply sunscreen every 10 minutes, she did not have to do that. So when we would play going to the beach, we would lay out at the beach, and she would lay in the sun, and I would have to lay in the shade, right, because I would literally get burnt in like 10 minutes. Well, every time we played the game, she always made sure, and I don't even know if she remembers this, but she always made sure that the spot that she found had a spot of shade right next to it for me, right? So simple, so like childhood or something, right? But I felt so seen. And so when you think about it, we that was literally a moment of connection. That was me feeling seen at such a young age. And it continues throughout your life, right? In so many different ways. So again, I just, I really struggle with this idea that it's shameful to need to be seen or feel seen. And I wish we would stop that narrative, right? Because the other side of that is I think when we start so, and I know, oh my goodness, this is like very thesis. I'm giving senior psychology or something. Maybe I'm not. I honestly, I've never taken a psychology class a day in my life. I've just been in therapy for the majority of it. Um, <laughs> even when I wasn't in therapy, my mother was. So it basically was like I was. Uh, <laughs> but basically what I'm trying to say is I think people who shame other people for needing to feel seen I have found are not always the best at seeing other people themselves because that's also vital. And I feel like that gets lost in the discussion, right? When we just make it all about all your validation should come from within, all it's all internal, it becomes so solo focused. It becomes so internally focused. And we neglect the idea that we need and exist in communities. We neglect the idea that we need other people, right? And so when we ourselves think that it's shameful to need the acknowledgement or need to feel seen by other people, I find that people like that tend to have trouble seeing other people. Because if you believe that you don't need to be seen, how are you going to be seeing other people? Make it make sense, right? And, and I think, can you tell how like crazily, oddly passionate I am about this? But I think when you see other people, you yourself also feel seen. How's that for a little bit of like philosophy, right? But I really do think that's the case. I think when you see other people, you yourself also feel seen. And one of the moments I always think of is in college, one of my best friends from college, we call each other life partner, LP for short, because literally we're like life partners, right? Like the joke is our respective partners, like we always said they could live in like a separate apartment and we would live together, right? Like anyway, my LP, she was upset about something. I don't even remember what happened, but she had gone through something and she was upset about it. And I was like getting mad about it, right? I was like, popping off you know like you do when one of your best friends like i can't believe she said that you're like going off right well that is absolutely positively not what my lp needed she just needed me to sit there and listen and i will never forget she said to me as i was like getting agitated she was like i don't need you to be mad i just need you to listen i don't need you to be mad I just need you to listen. Okay, first of all, can we talk about articulating what you need clearly, succinctly, directly, and just, yes, thank you, okay, I can do that. But also, I wasn't exactly seeing her in the moment, right? Because I wasn't seeing what she needed. And we don't always see what people need. Like, let's not front. Like, we are always going to know what people need. Like, absolutely not. But she saw me. She could see what I was trying to do, which is support her. And it wasn't the way she needed to be supported, 
And so she articulated to me what she needed. I was like, oh, bang, boom, got it. I will just sit, I will listen. I will not become agitated, right? Like, I can do that. It was hard, but I could do it, right? And so I did. And I then was able to see her and see what she then needed. And so it, I, it was one of those moments of like, I was seeing her, granted, with some help, right? But that's okay. Sometimes you need help to see, to help, you know, see somebody and see what they need. And I, in turn, I felt really seen too. Does that make sense? I know that's a little all over the place, but I really think that seeing other people, you also feel seen. It's like a whole, a whole loop. That's what it is. A loop. You know, they see you, you see them. They, well, you know what a loop is. It, you know, goes in a circle and is a key part of, you know, relationships, hopefully, because if that loop stops looping, then there's issues. And which leads me to my other point of, I really do think all issues originate from not feeling or being, you know, seen or heard, right? I think that they can all be traced back to that. I know that's a little bit like the deep end of the pool and we keep veering over there. So I'm going to try to keep it in the three feet in the shallow end, bring it back, which is that I just wanted to state unequivocally 100% that I think it is normal, okay, valid to need to see yourself. There's no shame in that. And seeing yourself looks like so many different things. It looks like people seeing you. It looks like seeing yourself in the media because hello, representation, so important, right? And it is my deepest, truest, most largest hope in the whole entire world that we create a world where people feel seen and heard. Oh my goodness, how amazing would that be? That's what I want more than anything. What I, oh, it would just be amazing. So that is this week's reflection, my official statement, public statement on my beliefs around needing to feel seen, acknowledgement and validation. So important, I think. And I'm so excited. I I know this week's reflection was like a little shorter, not as much storytelling, a little more like a specific topic, but that's because one, I wanted to make that statement, but two, I'm so excited people sent in questions for advice and responses to last week's question. So if you listen to last week's episode, you know I posed a question at the end of how do you advocate for yourself confidently because we were talking about that last week. Like what are some things you do to help yourself feel more confident advocating. And people sent in so many amazing responses, which we're going to go over. And so many people sent in questions. There, there was a lot of questions, actually. I was really excited about it. And there are too many questions to do in this episode. So we're going to spread them out like over a few episodes. But I want to start off with the responses that people sent in to last week's question, which was posed. And I'm going to ask another question this week at the end of the podcast. So last week's question, again, was what are some things you do to make yourself feel more confident when advocating for yourself, right? Like how do you advocate for yourself confidently? So first up, we have Amber. They sent in a fabulous text and they talked about how they find it helpful to think about how advocating for yourself could potentially save a headache for others, right? So like me, they have a complicated name, a complicated last name. And anytime that somebody gets it wrong and they're like, ugh, I don't want to advocate for myself, they remind themselves that maybe if they advocate for themselves in this moment, the person that they're dealing with will make an effort in the future for somebody else with a complicated last name to get it right. And I loved that response. And there were a few different people who sent in responses like that, right? This idea that advocating for yourself right, if you struggle with advocating for yourself or feeling confident or you're nervous about doing it, is in a way also can be advocating for others in the future. I think that is such a great, yes, community advocacy, thinking about the, it, it's just fabulous. I love that way of thinking. So that was great. Thank you so much, Amber, for sending that in. Another person wrote in and they said they practiced the mantra, I can do hard things. I love that one. I can do hard things. It's a lot like I often say to myself, you don't have to do this happy. 
You don't have to be, you have to do it, but you don't have to be happy about doing it, right? Like it's okay to give yourself permission to do that. Just like in this scenario, you're acknowledging that it's a hard thing. You're giving yourself permission to acknowledge that. I love that. And the exact same energy as Amber. They talked about how advocating for yourself can help to advocate for people down the line. I just love this community care thinking. So that was a fabulous text as well. And then Ginger wrote in and said that one of their favorite ways is to speak directly and with as few words as possible, which hello, yes, be direct to the point. I'm here for it. And this was the kicker. This was the thing that I love that they wrote. They said to allow awkward silence. Okay. That is something that I need to do. I could never allow awkward silence. No, I'm just going to fill the void. But that is a power move right there. And I love that if you're dealing with somebody and they are really giving you a run for your money and you are really having to stick up for yourself, allow the awkward silence. I am using that. Oh my goodness. That is, I love that. I Loved that. So thank you so much for sending that in as well, Ginger. And then somebody else wrote in and said that they remind themselves, and my mom has told me this one before too, so I really like this one. They remind themselves that the discomfort of advocating for themselves doesn't match the level of discomfort of being stuck in the situation, right? So it's that whole idea of you say to yourself, okay, what's worse, being stuck here or having to do it? And usually having to do it, stand up for yourself, right, is while it can suck, usually, almost always, not nearly as bad as just staying in it. So I love that idea as well. And then finally, Kate sent in a fabulous text and talked about how she makes herself more confident by pretending. Oh, I love it. Put on a cape, put on a gown, dress it up, be somebody else. Come on. I am here for that. So Kate pretends that they are somebody else. They say, How would I act if I was more confident? How would I act, right? They brought up a story of when they were a child and they had to raise their hand and they were very scared of doing it, right? And they thought about how any other child or a more confident child in the room might do it. And then they channeled that energy and they were able to raise their hand. I love that idea, right? This idea of like putting on a role and and stepping into it, 100%. I think that's a fabulous idea. So those were the amazing ideas that got sent in. Thank you so, so much to everybody who sent in their ideas and their responses to last week's question. And now let's get into our very first ever advice section. So a little, you know, Ask Alice, Ask Dutch. People sent in fabulous questions and I am so excited to get to two of them this week. And like I said, we'll get to others in the future. And of course, as always, my disclaimer, sometimes the best advice is the worst advice. Sometimes also the best advice is the best advice. So either way, (laughs) I'll be trying to give the best advice that I know how to give and hopefully it resonates or provides something, even if it's not a lot. You know, sometimes not a lot is also something. Anyway, this week's first question comes from an amazing listener named Louise and I come up with all of these names, you know, protect the identities of the innocent. So this first question comes from Louise and Louise asked, my question is, how do you decide how much to share? Because it, it feels like you share a real lot about your life and I never know if I'm sharing too much or too little, but I love to share and I love to discuss and I love to hear people's stuff and I love to tell people my stuff. So I was wondering if you have like a personal rule about sharing or you just go and see what happens. Thank you. Oh, Louise, I love this question. And it is something that I think about all the time. Am I sharing too much? Am I sharing too little? Did I just tell that person way too much? Like whatever it is, I am always thinking about this. And 
I think sharing is so important, right? Hello, what we've been talking about this whole episode, connection, feeling seen. When you share a story and another person sees themselves in that story or they connect with that story, another form of connection, another form of feeling seen. So I think sharing is vital. It's so important. I think it's not something to be ashamed about. And there are totally situations where you're like, oh my God, it's 8 a.m. on a bus. Am I really supposed to be sharing this much with a stranger? Or like, or did I not share enough, right? Like I often walk away from conversations like, ugh, I should have shared with that person that like I feel the same way too. Or, oh, I should have shared with the person that I'm, I totally hear that or whatever it is, right? Oftentimes, honestly, I walk away sometimes feeling like I didn't share enough, right? And so one of the things that I do to help myself with that in all of these different situations, and I try to carry this with me in all of those places, right? Whoever I'm, whoever I'm sharing with, whatever I'm sharing, the platform, whatever it is, I try to be as open, honest, and transparent as I possibly can within that setting. And I remind myself that sometimes that changes, right? Because the level of transparency that you might have with a friend is different than the level of transparency you would have with a stranger on a bus is different from social media, right? And so that's something that I try to remember. And then I try to, again, sort of I, I play it by ear, and this is more about sharing enough, not so much oversharing, but like, am I sharing enough? If I find myself hesitant to share with somebody something, I, I ask myself, like, why am I hesitant to share this, right? Is it because I feel vulnerable when I share this, or is it because I don't feel safe sharing it with this person for whatever reason, right? And that sort of also allows me to cue in to, to my level of sharing. So. I hope that somewhat answers your question, that the way that I sort of gauge how much to share is really on a person-by-person basis, and and if I feel uncomfortable about sharing something, I always ask myself why, right? Like, do I feel, is there something coming up? And that my guiding sort of light in all of this is that I am as open and transparent as possible in each situation, and that shifts and changes based on the platform, which, by the way, is something I always think about sharing on social media, right? So. I made a very conscious choice in the beginning when I started like gaining followers and things like that, that I wasn't going to share my friends and my family and my partner really on social media. And I did that because when you you know are out on social media and things like that, you are constantly being perceived and that is exhausting sometimes. And so it's nice for me and I think it's important for everyone to have some aspect of their life which isn't being perceived by, you know, 1.5 million people or something like that, you know, that is that is separate. And so I chose my friends, my family, my partner. And I still talk about them and things like that. But I also did that because none of them signed up to be perceived by a large group of people. So I don't want to put them in that position, right, if they didn't sign up for it. So that was the choice that I made. And I still feel like I share a lot on social media, right? Like I'm still very open and transparent about my mental health or things I'm thinking or feeling. And so that sort of ties back into what I was saying earlier about like, you can change what you share based on who you're sharing with and still be open and transparent and honest. So that's something that I think a lot about is is how much I share on social media and and how much one should share. And honestly, I think it, again, depends on you as the person. But I will say, I think it is very important that if you're looking to get into content creation or something like that, that you keep aspects of yourself private and to yourself because it is always so nice to be able to retreat into those spaces when you are in a moment of being perceived immensely, right? So anyway, Louise, I hope that somewhat answered your question and offered some advice on sort of how to decide how much to share and what to share and when to share. And for our second and final question today, it comes from the one and only, the amazing Janet K. 
came up with that on the spot. Again, name change for identity. I'm quite proud of that name, actually. I don't think I've ever used it before. So Janet asked, how do you stay positive in a world that is so chaotic? And also, how do you stay hopeful in a world that is so chaotic? And oh my goodness, that is such a good question and something I think about all the time. And first of all, I want to say and empathize and be like, listen, I am with you. The staying positive thing, hard, hard. I feel that deep in my bones. It is so challenging. And there are a few things that I do, you know, to try to stay positive or at least neutral and not be like spiraling out and things that I do to also maintain my hope, right? Which I think is such a powerful thing to have hope because, oh my goodness, what what are you without some type of hope, right? Like how do you move forward? There are tangible things that I do, right? Like if I find myself in like a doom spiral, like I step away from the news, right? I You don't have to engage with the news at all times. Now that tool, that technique is really only helpful if you're able to distance yourself from the thing within the news, right? Like if you're finding out about something that directly affects you and your life, you, stepping away from the news is not going to have you step away from it, right? So the other thing that I like to do is remind myself that joy is an act of resistance. And obviously, I, I did not say that. Somebody else said that. And I tried finding out who, but they were like, it was credited to a few different people. But it's this idea that engaging with joy is an act of resistance against the powers that be and the things that exist in the world. And I think that is so powerful because I know when I find myself in one of these doom spirals or thinking about everything that is going so horribly wrong, I sometimes think I'm not allowed to be hopeful or engage in joy or have a moment where I'm happy. How can I have a moment where I'm happy when so many things are going wrong? And this idea that engaging in that joy is an act of resistance, oh, the way that liberated me helped me through things. And so now I remind myself that engaging with that joy and doing things that bring me happiness and laughing with the people I love and things like that, it's so important, right? And it's so important to maintaining hope and positivity. You have to you have to do it. The joy is an act of resistance at all times. So that is a quote that I always think of and always sticks with me and really helps me stay positive and hopeful. And so I hope that quote does, you know, something for you. And also another thing that I think about when it comes to remaining positive or hopeful and it goes along with the whole like joy is an act of resistance thing is, you know, whatever it is, whatever powers are at play that are trying to eliminate your hope or eliminate your joy, they want that. They want you to lose hope. They want you to give up. And my goodness, if I'm anything, it's petty. And I am not giving up. Even if I'm not giving up for myself, I am not giving up for the sheer fact that I am not giving you that, right? Like I I am petty to that, to my bone in that sense, right? And so that is something that I try to remember alongside joy being an act of resistance is that a lot of times the powers that be and the, the things that are put in place and the horrible things that happen, those people want you to give up. They want you to give in. And my goodness, if you can be anything, let it be petty and not give in, right? So I hope that was somewhat helpful. And I hope you also know that there are so many people, myself included, I feel you, it is so hard to find hope sometimes in so many of the challenging times that people face and that our world is facing today. And that is a wrap on the third episode of Simply Reflecting. Thank you so much for sticking around and listening. As always, there's a phone number below in the description box. You can use that. Send me a voicemail, a text with 
questions for the advice section. You know, like I said, we're going to keep doing it in future episodes. So keep sending in questions. If you just want to send me a text or a voicemail about ideas or something you want to hear on the show or anything else, I love, love, love hearing from all of you. And of course, you can use that number to answer this week's question, which is, I want to know how you find joy in your life. I want to know what brings you joy in your life, the ways you find joy in your life. I want to know how joy is an act of resistance for you. Maybe it's feeling seen. Maybe something that brings you joy, right, is being or feeling seen. Whatever it is, I cannot wait, wait, wait to hear from you. I love hearing from all of you. Thank you so much for listening. I hope more than anything this week, you feel seen, you do some seeing, the seeing is is just, you know, all around you and that you feel seen and heard. And I am so, so glad that you chose to stay. And I absolutely, positively cannot wait until we are together again, Simply Reflective.